Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Ahoy, my friends. Welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. I'm your storyteller, Aman Mazinga. Join me as we explore the tales that grew from the people of indigenous and African descent in the Americas and the Caribbean. After, come and see me, chef, who will impart upon you a recipe for the story you have just heard. So with no further ado, let us set sail on this new age of exploration. Luguru's Bite Mr. St. Clair was known as the meanest man in the town of Kinskoff. He owned most of the farmland up in the Green Mountains. Many people in the town worked long hours for him every day, toiling his fields and tending his crops. They were rarely allowed to have a day off. If they turned up late or were sick, Mr. St. Clair would pay them less. If anyone owed him money, he would scare them into paying more by threatening to take away their land. When the farm crops did not grow well, he would take the cost out of their pay. No one liked working for Mr. St. Clair. But they had very little choice. He owned nearly everything, and there was no other work to be had. Mr. St. Clair was quite a flashy man who liked to be seen and heard around town. He strutted about in a white linen suit and blue hat, like a royal flycatcher bird with feathers fanned out above his head. He had round, glassy eyes that swallowed you up whole if you stared into them. One day, he dressed in his best suit, placed his blue hat on his head, and left his house to visit a man called Baptiste and his wife Camille. They lived in a small farm in one of the low valleys that Mr. St. Clair really wanted. He had offered them lots of money to buy their farm but they always refused to sell. The land was bursting with colorful plants and lively sounds from all of the animals. Yellow trumpet flowers hung like giant bells from their stalks. String beans, sweet peas, and vegetables of all shapes and sizes grew in long rows and wide circles in their fields. Mr. St. Clair breezed up the path found Baptiste digging up potatoes next to their house. Hello, Baptiste, how are you? He smiled and tipped his blue hat to greet him. Baptiste nodded and carried on digging, barely looking up. Mr. St. Clair continued, I heard that some of your animals had been sick lately. Perhaps you will be willing to sell them to me for half the price I first offered. He pushed his round face closer to Baptiste, who continued to dig. We don't need your help, thank you. The animals are just a bit tired, Baptiste replied, wondering how Mr. St. Clair had found out about the sick animals. Both he and his wife had been careful not to tell many people so that the news would not get to Mr. St. Clair. A few nights before, when the moon was at its fullest in the sky, their pigs had gone wild in their pen for three whole nights. 
Baptiste and Camille heard them grunting and snorting loudly, kicking the fences down. They could not understand what had set them off. Since then, the pigs had looked pale and weak and were eating very little. I've heard that a sickness is spreading across the farms, said Mr. St. Clair, shaking his head like with fake concern. Mr. Claude's animals became sick and very weak, so he asked me to buy them from him. Mr. St. Clair grinned, showing rows of brilliant white teeth. Baptiste stopped digging and looked up in surprise. This was troubling news indeed. If their neighbor, Mr. Claude, had sold his animals, how long would it be before they had to sell theirs too? You should consider my offer whilst your animals are still worth something. I might not be so generous next time, said Mr. St. Clair with a bit more force. I don't care about your offer. This is our land, and I'll never sell to you, said Mr. Baptiste, raising his voice. He stood up straight and glared into Mr. St. Clair's glassy eyes. I will return in a few days and see if you've changed your mind, he said, smiling with a mysterious smile as if he knew something that Baptiste did it. Dipped his hat and walked away. Later that evening, over a pot of spicy jamon soup with beef and pumpkin, Baptiste and his wife came up with a plan. Let's keep watch every night while we find out what's upsetting the animals, they said to each other. They agreed to take turns, with Baptiste starting first that very night. He nestled down in the barn behind some hay with a donkey slap. As the darkness settled in, Baptiste twitched nervously at every terrifying sound he heard. Owls screeched in the distance, rats scuttled across the roof, and frogs whistled long and slow in the trees. He imagined light-footed creatures charging across his field, preparing to gobble him and all their animals up. Stop those silly thoughts, Baptiste. He spoke sternly to himself, trying to get rid of his imaginary monsters. His eyes stung with tiredness, and without realizing it, he soon drifted off to sleep on the floor. A little while later, the sound of a creaking door woke him up. Someone had come to the barn. Baptiste sat up and let his eyes adjust to the darkness, trying to see what was shuffling across the floors. Suddenly, the donkeys let out a loud hee-haw. Baptiste rushed over and shone a torch on the donkeys. He cried out in fright, seeing they'd been bitten on their legs by what looked like a hairy beast the size of a large dog. Baptiste caught its red eyes, which sat like two pools of blood in his hairy face. The beast stood up straight on two legs, growled and ran out of the barn. The donkeys kicked their back legs against the wall, yelping and bragging loudly. They broke down their fence and galloped like a herd of horses out of the barn. Followed by pigs and other animals, Camille heard the commotion from the house and appeared in the doorway with the lamp. Baptiste, what's happening? She called out frantically and then saw him shivering in the corner of the barn, 
terror dripped from his face into a puddle of sweat. I, I saw something, Camille. A beast. His voice quivered and then he stopped, too scared to say any more. She grabbed his hands and dragged him with her. Come, Baptiste. We need to stop the animals from getting away, she said, tugging him along. They walked up high into the mountains, following the sound of the braying donkeys. Giant tree ferns loomed on either side. Their branches stretched out toward them as if screaming in horror. The air was cool with the smell of damp leaves from the rain which fell gently around them. Camille, I'm scared. Baptiste was shaking and looking all around them. He did not want to walk any further. He could not get the image of the hairy beast out of his mind. But his wife was determined to find their animals. The moon shone through the trees, casting silvery shadows on the ground. It was the twilight hour. That in-between time which does not belong to the day nor the night. The animals' sounds grew closer and closer, snorting, neighing, barking, growling, all clashed together in a rowdy mess. Baptiste and Camille turned a corner and saw an unbelievable sight. Pigs were leaping through the air. Goats were jumping, donkeys were twirling, and chickens were rolling around on the ground. In the middle of all this commotion sat a hairy beast which Baptiste had seen in the barn. Its face was pointing up to the night sky as it howled into the darkness. Baptiste turned to run, but Camille stopped. She reached down on the ground and grabbed a handful of dirt. Put this on your foot in, she whispered. He did what he was told, and then she called out to their animals. Get back to your homes! Quick now! Go! All of the animals suddenly stopped leaping around and scurried back to their pens on the farm. The hairy beast took one look at Camille and ran away into the woods. Baptiste stared at his wife in awe and wonder. Huh? How'd you know to do that? He asked in a trembling voice. Camille told him how she had heard stories from her grandmother. Fabian about bewitched animals and shapeshifters. At the end of the story, she told me that if I come across any hairless pigs or goats sleeping around in magical twilight hours, I must gather earth from the ground and rub it onto my forehead. Baptiste frowned, still not quite understanding why. Camille put on her grandmother's voice and wagged her fingers just as she said, The earth! will protect you and shapeshifters will never trouble you my child baptiste sighed in relief he too had heard the stories about shapeshifting animals but he always believed they were just made up stories now he wasn't sure the pair walked slowly back to their farm leading the animals behind them and wondering if the nightmare was over they needed to be sure that the beast would not come back and harm their animals. The following day, they went to see Jean-Paul, an elder in the town, to ask for advice. His hair was crystal white with all the wisdom of his years, and he was known to carry all of the traditions and stories from generations gone by. If anyone knew how to help them, it would be him. They found Jean-Paul in his garden, 
resting in the hammock beneath his favorite orange trees. His eyes were closed, but he heard their footsteps approaching and sat up to greet them warmly. Welcome, Camille and Baptiste. What can I do for you this day? His gray eyes twinkled with the excitement of having visitors. Let me offer you some coconut water. He welcomed them into the garden and they sat in the shade discussing the night's events. Jean-Paul listened carefully to their story and shook his head sadly. You have been visited by Lugu, he said gravely. A werewolf that comes and bites your animals, leading them into a wild dance at night. That is why they are so weak and sick during the day. I knew it, Salk said Camille, and told Jean-Paul how they had gotten rid of the Luguru. He praised them on their bravery, but said in a somber voice, It is not over yet. What can we do to get rid of it? Baptiste asked fearfully. If we cannot protect the animals, we won't be able to feed ourselves, and Mr. St. Clair will be by to buy our land. On the next full moon, you must lie in wait with a strong rope and net. When you see it appear, you must trap it and hold it in place. Jean-Paul explained that this is the only way. Baptiste gasped, but why? Why do we need to catch the beast? Surely it would be better to kill it. Yes, it's not easy to get rid of a lugu. But if you trap it until sunrise, it will change back into the human and the curse will be lifted forever. Jean-Paul told them, you will be free of it. There is no other way. Baptiste and Camille looked at each other, but nodded grimly, knowing that they would have to face the Lugaru again when they reached home once more. Mr. St. Clair was waiting for them. He'd somehow found out about their animals going wild in the night before and wanted to offer his help. He held out a small bag of gold coins. Why don't you sell me your farm with these troublesome animals? I can take them off your hands right now. His glassy eyes were swimming with greed as he waved the bag in front of them, trying not to look around at the lush land that he wanted for himself. Baptiste shook his head and refused the money, asking Mr. St. Clair to leave. How does he know of our troubles? Baptiste thought, we have only told Jean-Paul, and there is no way the news could have traveled that fast. When the full moon came around, Baptiste and Camille were ready to trap the Lugaru. They secretly hoped that it would never come back. But just in case Jean-Claude was right, they both hid behind the barn that night. The animals were locked in and resting inside. The wind blew stronger through the night air, carrying sweet smells of cinnamon from the mountains. No one heard the Lugaru trading softly in the darkness. No one saw its long teeth glinting in the moonlight. The hairy beast stalked past the barn and toward the chicken coop. It clawed through the ground, trying to dig its way in. The chickens started to fuss and fret, clucking loudly. Baptiste realized something must be wrong, 
he signaled to his wife, and together they tiptoed in the darkness to where the sounds were coming from. They saw the great big Luguru and lifted their hands together to throw a large net over it. They pulled the end of the net tightly and tied it with their rope. The hairy beast realized it was trapped and it tried to wriggle free, growling and barking furiously. Baptiste and Camille held on together and watched with wide open eyes as the werewolf shapeshifted. It transformed into a hairless pig, and then a goat, and then a cat. Each change found it hissing and snarling, desperately trying to wriggle free. Camille tied the end of the rope around the trunk of a tree, and the pair sat there, waiting for the sun to rise. It seemed to take hours as the transformations continued until finally the dark sky faded away, leaving sunlight to creep in. Look, Camille, look, it is changing. Baptiste shook his wife in disbelief, and they saw the Lugaru transform into its true self, lying in the net. Beside the tree on their farmland was Mr. St. Clair. You, you are the wild beast that has been terrorizing our animals? Baptiste called out in, the, in surprise. Camille stood, gaping in disbelief. Please forgive me, I couldn't help myself, Mr. St. Clair begged, cowering the net. You wicked man, greedy man. Camille had finally found her voice and she was furious. We ought to take you through the village and show everyone that you are the Lugaru. No, no, please don't do that. If, if you let me go, I promise never to return to Kinskov Town. I, I'll leave you in all in peace, he muttered weakly. Baptiste and Camille hesitated. They wanted to make sure that everyone could be free from his grasping hands. Before you go, return all of the farms back to their farmers so that they can own their own animals and land. If you do that, we will keep your secret. Baptiste said firmly, locking his eyes in Mr. St. Clair to make sure he understood. Yes, yes, of course. Anything you want, just please set me free. He pleaded with tears streaming down his face. Baptiste paused, wondering if they could really trust him. Camille grabbed the rope from her husband and pulled it tightly. Mr. St. Clair shrieked, worried that they would leave him there in the forest. We know all about you now, Mr. St. Clair. If you ever come back, we will tell the village everything about you. Her words were sharp, making him flinch at the thought of being shamed. He nodded quickly in reply, feeling satisfied that he understood Camille untied the rope, letting Mr. St. Clair go. Later that day, just as he'd agreed, Mr. St. Clair handed over documents to all of the farmers, proving that they were the true owners of their land. Everyone was surprised at this sudden generosity, but nobody questioned in case he changed his mind. Mr. St. Clair gathered what was left of his riches, all the wealth he had stored and set off for another island to start a new life. Some say they still hear him howling in the forest when the moon is full. But Baptiste and Camille 
never heard from them again and lived happily on their farm for the rest of their days. The end. Wow, so this story was crazy, right? You couldn't have expected that ending. Like, I surely did not expect that ending to occur. This is another story from African Caribbean folktales, myths, and legends by Wendy Shreer. All right, that book is awesome. There are stories in it from all over the Caribbean and um, Africa, and I can't wait to share the rest with you. But let's get into the story. Mr. St. Clair, just a dirt bag. <laughs> a simple dirt bag. This scum lord, um, the worst landlord that you can ever, you know, hope for. And not hopeful, I should say. And those kind of people still exist today. You know, I don't know how far back you want to say this story goes, but it can go back centuries and it can go back to yesterday. Because I know people, I know people are dealing with landlords or people trying to get their hands on their land um, in the same way to the point where they'll sabotage your productivity to get there um, I was intrigued by the Luguru um, and the way it did its damage biting animals on the hind legs and making them dance a jig um, basically having an all night party and they're basically hung over the next day I've read another story about it, um, uh, well, in Trinidad and, and Tobago, I guess they say, they call it uh, Ligahu. Um, similar being, um, we know the Luguru is French for werewolf. Ligahu is a werewolf shapeshifter type being. Um, Ruguru is the Louisiana version of this. And then you have um, the skinwalkers from Native Americans, and you have other werewolf stories. And they can be simply a party animal like this one was, all the way up to being a terrifying monster that feeds on people and is looking to destroy, depending on where you come from and in what culture you grew up in, you know? but obviously should not be played with. I love how they captured him with a, just a net and held him to a um, to a tree, tied him to a tree. That was awesome to me. I can't, I, I just love the wife's resolve and, you know, remembering about this story from when she was a little kid and her grandmother, Mima, Mama, whatever, Big Mama, <laughs> whatever you call your grandmother, told her, you know, and it's, and it's, that's part of the reason why I do this. These are stories that your grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother was passing down from generation to generation. Grandfather, too, you know. Um, let's not um, 
forget about the men. And this story was awesome. Um, I thought I had recorded the Trinidad version. I did not. So I may have to do that for you Patreon subscribers. Give you the Trinidad version of that. Or you have to wait to next uh, spooky season, which is October. Go see Chef. He has a wonderful Haitian recipe for you. And I can't wait to taste what he has created. All right. Until then. Have a blessed day. Welcome to the galley. I am your chef, chef, and today we have a wonderful recipe inspired by the story you have just heard. Today, we will be creating Beignet de Carnival, or Haitian Beignets. Now, what will you need for the recipe? One cup all-purpose flour, quarter teaspoon baking soda, one pinch cinnamon optional, one cup mashed bananas, two to three medium well-ripened bananas, the riper, the better, one cup whole milk or two tablespoons whole milk plus two tablespoons of dark Haitian rum something like rum babancourt will do quarter cup granulated sugar and powdered sugar for dusting if you so desire now how do we put this together easy mix flour with baking soda cinnamon and salt and set aside in a large bowl mixed mashed bananas with milk and sugar until smooth combine with flour mixture and stir until smooth heat oil in a medium pan over medium high heat drop the batter by tablespoons in hot oil do not overload Fry until golden brown. About one minute for each side should do. Use a slotted spoon to remove them from the pan. Squeeze the oil out by gently, again, gently pressing them on the slotted spoon with the back of a tablespoon. Drain on a paper towel. And that is it, my friend. Now, you, go, do what you do. Make this recipe yours. And until we meet again, remember the story of the Lucro. And as always, my friends, enjoy. Thank you for joining us on this voyage. Thanks to Art by Chalet for the logo, episode, and t-shirt designs. You may also get a t-shirt and other items on tpublic.com. You can contact me on all socials at AfroTalesCast. That's Afro, T-A-L-E-S, cast. And email me at AfroTalesPodcast at yahoo.com. You may also become a benefactor by simply sharing with any and everyone, giving a thumbs up 
or rating in your podcast app of choice. If you wish to donate, I am on Patreon and coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. So, until we meet again, may your wins be fair and your seas follow. <laughs>